Hey, toy fans, welcome to the Toy Lines Podcast. Today's an interesting show because Ian and I have our reading glasses on, and today we're doing book reports, all of the best books about toys. Hey, toy fans, I'm Tom Romero. I'm Ian Westhoff. Welcome to another episode of the Toy Lines Podcast. We're so happy to be here. And not to brown nose, but I just want to give another shout out to Pixel Dan on last week's episode. The book is The Toys of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Go to Amazon right now. Pick it up. You will not regret this. I can't even wait. I'm getting goosebumps. Again, He-Man muscles just thinking about it. So how you doing, Ian? Doing good. How are you? Good, good. Went to my first movie today since uh, COVID. An actual in, theater. In a the theater. Wow. What was yeah. that experience? It was uh, it's so weird. I have to ask that. Yeah, it was kind of. It was weird because uh, it, it wasn't weird. It was weird. So like um, everything is almost hands free now. Um, oh. Tickets ordered in advance. You know they they don't take cash uh, to concessions. Um, just kind of a bummer because I didn't want to charge it. Uh, when you go to get your Coke, um, you don't need to press the button. It's you take a picture with your phone and you get uh, soda. Yeah. And it brings it up on your screen. It's got that little weird barcodes. I don't know what that thing is called. Oh, the QR. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then the theater at the moment is only in New Jersey, 40% occupancy. And you know, we're, and then it's spread out only certain seats are available because of um, social distancing. So I will say this, the theater we went to today, it's a Sunday. The malls are closed in, in the County I live in, as you know, um, which is probably a strange thing to hear from anybody out in the States. Most malls are probably open on Sunday. Um, the theater was crowded. There's a lot of groups like doing parties. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Birthday parties, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could rent a theater for a private showing with a group of people, which has always been the case, but now more than ever, people might feel safer doing that. The theater um, was five groups, including us. Um, so it was the first showing of the day. It was a matinee. It was 1230. I prefer to go to matinees at like 10. Um, right, right. You know, that's just kind of an old, old man. But uh, we saw Raya and the Lost Dragon. The Last Dragon, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. How was it? Um, I didn't love it. My wife liked it. Um, I'd rather see Barry Gordon's The Last Dragon, but um, it had its moments. It just, I felt like what they were trying to do, they didn't achieve. Oh, but, okay. But, it, you know, it was okay. But, you know, she really liked it. And, you know, everybody has a different take on things. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, and, and the theaters were clean. Um so you could normally do like a, a free refill on um, popcorn or soda. They right. weren't doing free refills at the moment. And, you know, so that was kind of like, that's kind of, that kind of bummed me out because, you know, when you, when a bunch of people go and, you know, you finish your popcorn before the trailers, it's like, crap, I got to go back and get the popcorn. So it's kind of like, you know, nurse it. Um, but, you know, we wore your mask and um, take it off when you're eating. When you're done, you put it back on. And so... That's that, you know, it's, it's, it was 
kind of getting back to normal. Okay. And, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's getting, and it's good to get back to normal in a way. It's good to venture out and do these things. I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't have seen it in the theater. I probably would have done a Disney Plus. And I think that's going to, how I feel for a lot of movies now. Mm-hmm. Now, I, um, Michael, I'm sorry, is it, I'm sorry, it's Bob Iger, not Michael Eisner. Bob Iger did say that they are not going to stop Disney movies in the theater. They're going to continue it, but also continue to Disney Plus. Okay. Uh, and I honestly, I, 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 I kind of think for the future, um, but I don't really think that's a terrible thing. No, I like the option. I like the option. If anybody is um, sick and they can't leave the house for whatever serious reason, this is a good way to let them experience the feature. You know, somebody's like bedridden or something. So I, I think it is a good idea, um, and it gives you the option. I personally would have stayed home to see this movie. Um, like Ghostbusters, I really want to see. I would definitely go to the theater for that. And King Kong Godzilla, I really want to see. But I don't know where I stand on how I would see it. Okay. But so long as King Kong wins, um, I'm okay. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's weird times, like. I had to um, go into a, a person's house the other day. First time I've ever heard it. She's like, don't worry, we're vaccinated. Well, I mean, it's so, good. Yeah, you know, so you know, getting... it was fine. But and, and, and the other thing is that even if they're vaccinated, they can still, I believe, carry and pass it on. Oh, yeah, we still had our masks yeah, on. So it's just, like... it, was, it caught me off guard. I was like, wow, you're... Good for them for being yeah. ahead of the game, you know. It's like my parents, they're going to get their second one this month. Yeah, so hopefully the more we get this done, the more life gets back to being normal a little. Yeah, yeah. We uh you know it's what, gonna and, be it's gonna be an interesting twenty twenty two. Yeah, I know it was funny too. Not funny, but I was watching the beginning of um G.I. Joe and it was the one when oh, there's a reason for this. There's the one where their um Cobra is attacking the Statue of Liberty. The movie. I love that. Oh, there's a movie. Okay. Yes. Now, we got the Crimson Guard. We got the bats, mm. right? I always like the bats because they, they were robots, so they can shoot them. Then you got those dudes in blue with the black face mask, like from their right. nose down. Okay. And I ha- I happen to have a mask like that. And as I was watching the intro to the movie, I was like, no, oh, that looks like my mask. <laughs> I was like, look, they're, they, they, they were so fashionable back then. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I love the opening of that movie. But is that the only thing I'm uh, bothered by it? And I'm going to be nitpicky about it. Flag can't touch the ground. Like that's, if that's I correct. if that's I correct. animated it, that scene where Duke fly hovers down with his jetpack and picks up the flag, he should have caught it in midair yeah. and then bring it up. I like those jetpacks because it's very rocketeer like. Yes. Yeah, uh, I knew you're going to love that. And. Was that that was a TV movie, right? Yeah, they were making Serpentor. No, or no, is this is way after Serpentor. Was, this introduced, um, was Don jo- Law, um, right? Did Don uh, Johnson do a voice in it? He did, okay. Uh, yeah, he yeah. played Lieutenant Falcon, Burgess Meredith played the villain, nice. uh, Galobulus. I hope I'm, it is, but you know what? One of the best names in all of animated. Nemesis Enforcer. I don't know why I love that name so much. The character is a little goofy. You know, he's it's almost like Negasonic Teen Warhead. Kinda, of, but I don't know. It clicks with me for some reason. Yeah, I guess because Sergeant Slaughter 
beat the crap out of them. But yeah, I remember watching that movie when it came out. It was a that was good stuff. I remember that intro used to get me so pumped. I used to get like yes. goosebumps as a kid. And I was watching it now. I'm like, this is the one I got goosebumps from, right? Because I, I didn't get as like, you know, I didn't have that feeling as I had as a kid. I was like, oh, it's terrible to grow up. Terrible to get old. But I, I It still pumps me up. It, it was, it's a Especially good, uh, in 4K. If you watch in 4K oh, yeah. on YouTube. I always oh, like the part where Duke gets the, um, the time bomb. Goes up to the helicarrier of Cobra. Puts it on and he like kicks off the push away. Yeah. I always thought that was really cool. Um, so, so yeah, that was a. Uh, and I, I was, I was just like, let me look up that that GI Joe intro, and I don't know why. It's just one of those things that you pop into your head sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that has a big history too. Remember really? when? Well, part of the reason that it didn't go to theatrical was because of Transformers the movie mm-hmm. performing so poorly. Mm-hmm. I think it's good that it came to TV. It was like it was like an, uh, an event for kids. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Although you know, it would have been cool to see it on the big screen. Yeah. And here here's I mean every GI Joe person probably knows this, but the reason why Duke was supposed to die when Sir Pantor hit him with the snake, but because of all the feedback they got on Optimus, Duke ends up in a coma. I I, I vaguely remember. I remember two things. I remember. The Don Johnson character being kind of like this tough guy, and he gets uh, I don't know parachuted out or dropped off at some lo- location to be trained. Sergeant Slaughter's Island. Yeah, and he almost falls off the cliff, so he digs his knife into the ground to stop. And I remember him. I guess this is what Slaughter then. I, he was doing push-ups. No, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, he was doing chin-ups, mm-hmm. and he was struggling. I guess they were doing a lot. Uh, was it Slaughter who's doing them one-handed and pulling him up with the other yep. one? Yeah, I, I remember seeing that scene like. That's so cool. I'm like, whatever year that came out, how young right. it was. All right. Was I'm like, not going to, so cool. I'm not going to pat myself on the back for this, but this is an interesting story because I did something similar. So I'm at the police Academy and we're no, no lie. I'm not even exaggerating. We're up to like 300 and some odd pushups. Eesh. The guy next to me, he's about to pass out. And the coach, you know, he, Obviously, he was a hardcore coach, so I love him, too, to this day. So we're doing our push-ups. I'm looking at the corner of my eye, and he's about ready to pass out. So I get under him, and he's resting his chest onto my back, and I'm still doing push-ups. So it looks like, he, yeah, I got screamed at. Yeah, he was like, Romero, what what is this? I was like, I'm not letting him die, sir. (laughs) Good man, keep it up. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll never forget that. That was fun. But the idea came from that scene when Sarge is doing one-handed push-ups and grabbing him and going both. And, and you see, when you think about it, who says cartoons don't teach positive things? Yeah. Nobody no. Says, uh, oh, you watch cartoon, you're gonna you're gonna hit somebody with a hammer. No. You know, TV raised me. Uh, I've said it. You know, TV raised me, and my parents were mostly cartoon characters. So. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, my one athletic prowess might be when I had to do the, uh, what is that, like the pegboard in gym class? You, you had to put the things in a peg and climb up. Oh, no, we never did that. We had but a it, rope. Oh, see, it was we didn't have a rope, but we had that. And I'll tell you, the one thing I did was I I just, as I was, I don't know why, as I was doing, I closed my eyes and I made it to the top. And it was, I think, and then when I opened my eyes, I was like, oh, F. And I 
it messed up. But it's kind of like it's kind of like a Luke Skywalker moment where you, you you know to blast you down. I can't even see. It's kind of like just trusting in yourself. And then you know now look at me. So yes, high school, good times, gym class, <laughs> times, yeah. I almost failed gym class once. This Did you really? A, wow. Yeah, this is a, okay. So this is a true true line. Toy lines. You were only allowed to miss gym twice, and I always took up that chance every semester. And the one time I didn't realize I, I skipped it, and um, the teachers going, the gym teachers going down the, the aisles, and he's like going over the grades, pass, fail, pass, fail. He goes, West off, fail. You miss class too much. I'm gonna like fail gym. My mother, my parents are gonna kill. Me. How do you fail gym? So later on, he came up to me. He's like, "What? Well, I forget what year this was." But he's like, "It wasn't my senior year. I know that." West off, you're a good kid. You're quiet. Go clean the weight room, and I'll pass you. <laughs> uh, I was like, "Okay, no problem." And I passed. So I was like, "That's awesome." You know, fine. <laughs> anyway, well, let's get into books. Yes, X Libris. Now I know that sounds like the new X Men book. Uh, it's not. It is Latin for from the library of. So um, these are books from the library of. And yeah, these are books based on toys. Yeah. Uh, I've read every book I'm about to suggest to you people. I'm sure every toy collector has at least one or two books oh, on, on toy toy collecting or, or, or toy collection. I love books that focus on a toy history you know especially Definitely. with color photos like uh pixel dan's book coming out i, I love books like that I just, I, and, and this is how i mean i love books to begin with i read a ton um the color pages with the photos i love that smell it's just like a book thing so um no i yeah. totally get that i feel the yeah. same way about comics when i yeah. use them to collect you know. yeah so it's uh this is this is um reading is fundamental episode of toy lines well we kind of had like a theme going on i mean all last month then thank you for coming on the show we had blake wright chris fawcett you know pixel dan all these authors were just showing us their their books and we're so grateful they came on and uh let's get to it yeah so here's my first one toy monster the big bad world of mattel by jerry oppenheimer mattel's origins has a lot of skeletons in their closet. Like, like the Anthrax song. You know what I like about this cover? Mm. It's like a horror movie. Yeah, I think like, they <laughs> Like when you first showed me this before, I I, I kind of thought, I was like, what the hell? It was kind of like, like it, it's a little scary looking. Um, yeah. And the history of Barbie itself is not really to be proud of, you know? Well, this I mean, is an unauthorized expo, expose of... Mattel basically takes you to the origins of Barbie. Actually, when Mattel, because it was Matt and I believe, oh, no. I just something else. No, uh, it was Matt and his buddy. They both started it, and then Ruth Handler took over. She was married to one of them. It's been a while, folks. I'm so sorry. Uh, and she was CEO. She was a tough as nails woman. She introduced Barbie to the world. And she named him after her daughter. Correct. Right. And then it goes on to, you know, the events that led up to her stepping down as CEO. But Barbie is really a ripoff of a German doll. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. So great read. Fantastic read. My only critique, and it's a small one, one paragraph, if that, of He-Man. There's so many characters involved in this. There's a gentleman that he he made so much money off toys and creating toys, designing toys. I mean, the man had literally built a castle. He had a, a special dungeon that you're going to have to read about. I'm not going to spoil it. But this is, this, is a, this is a family show. Yeah, yeah. But Toy Monster, great book. Highly suggest you read it. Like, you know what else? I kind of wonder why there's no Hasbro books because well, they're the next biggest one. And yeah, and they're you know, very secretive. So if Mattel has all these secrets in their closet, imagine what Hasbro has. And you could say, why no Kenner? Why no Tonka? But since they were all absorbed, first Kenner bought Tonka, I believe, and then Hasbro bought them. Yeah, Hasbro would have probably some interesting stories to tell. You know, and then that's our sites, book, Ian. That's it. We we're got pitching it. it. Yep. Like Playmates, um, which was originally, uh, I believe, a Chinese toy company, made baby dolls. It still is, yeah. It still is, yeah. Um, their history is on their website, and it's really like you know the turtles that made them. But it would be also interesting to hear about like how these his- these companies came to be. Like uh, Nintendo, it's around for like what a hundred years, and yeah. it started out making playing cards, and now it's yeah. like video games. Like, so that would be a really interesting book to read. Yeah. Okay. So my next one, I'm a little bit biased, but Mastering the Universe by Roger Sweet. <laughs> now, if you're not a He-Man fan, you might know the name. Roger Sweet was one of the designers at Mattel. He helped create He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. It's a great book, interesting book. It really is Roger Sweet's point of view from his whole life. He talks about how he was a scrawny gentleman and he always dreamed about, you know, having proportions like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, he talks about weightlifting and, you know, trying to get bigger and his whole experience with creating He-Man and what happened to him after he left Mattel. So this is a biography. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, The the title may be misleading, He-Man and, you know, but it, no, so that's interesting that it's a, from his point of view, wasn't there a gentleman who also said he created He-Man? There's a whole bunch. Well, okay. here's the how two I main see guys, Mark Taylor. Right. So it would also be interesting to see a book from his point of view. Interesting enough, he's writing it currently. All right. See that. See, and that, like, I would think as a He-Man fan, you would want both on your shelves. Well, or depending the way on I see it, more. He-Man has a lot of fathers. It's there's a saying that goes, you know, success has. You know, a lot of a lot of fathers and failure has none. So that's that's pretty much how I see He-Man. And I, and I guess with He-Man, because so many people like added things in, like, oh, we're gonna have. Did I tell you about the cartoon we're gonna have? And they were like, no, and you know, you know, like kind of things like that. Mm-hmm. So in a way, these people who came up with ideas are a father of part of it. You know? Right, right. Like it, I said, no one man created He Man. It, 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 it was an amount. It was just a cooperation of gentlemen it's, that it's, all worked for Mattel that came up with different aspects. It's a weird. I'm going to use a weird reference, but it's like in Norse mythology, um, Heimdall has nine mothers. So, don't ask me how that works, but same thing. Mothers, they must be tough. Oh yeah, it's nine car- nine visits, nine cards. So next one from our favorite 
creator, the art of Todd McFarlane. By Just, Todd McFarlane. He wrote it. He wrote it himself. Oh yeah. I mean, it's. I love this book. It's does, so insightful. Does he have? Um. Is there a lot of pictures in the book? And if so, are they color? There, there are. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because, granted, most of the book contains his comic book artwork, but there are chapters in it where he does reference McFarlane toys. It's a wonderful book. I mean, he, he clearly is a true writer. I know a lot of people knock him down for it, but he really is a talented writer. I think if you're interested in the, the artist, then you're going to want to see not only his artwork, but about his career. And when you look at something like, um, brush with passion, which is about Dave Stevens, the creator of the Rocketeer. That has about the Rocketeer. It has his artwork, about his life story. So those are the things you're going to want to see when you're um, an artist is or has broadened, like much like McFarlane did, into um, an industry, a business, not just making comic books, but making toys and and you know image comics. Um, I guess if like you would say. Okay, nice that's an actual book. action figure. Wow. So, would you say, um, if Stanley was, you can kind of say he's the father of Marvel Comics, would you say McFarlane is the father of uh, Image Comics, even though so many people have created it? But it's really like the outspoken godfather of that, I would agree with the outspoken godfather, and to he, an extent, he's, he's a good also promoter like Stanley. He is, he's also, in my opinion. One of the leaders of modern toys, because the all the four horsemen worked for him when they first started, and Todd was pushing for more detail, more deco, more articulation. I mean, you can look at a figure today, and you know you could see Todd's influence in it from from a different company. Yeah, exactly. Like I'll I'll be honest with you, I'm gonna. This may sound weird, but when McFarland for when McFarland Toys first came out with the Spawn figure, huge hit. Everybody loved it. And then years later, more detail, more articulation. And one day I was like, it'll never happen, but could you imagine if He-Man or McFarland got the license for He-Man and Masters of the Universe and we got those figures? Essentially through the four horsemen. We did get those figures, the Masters of the Universe classics, which I, I still argue is the best toy line ever. So, yeah, so kudos to McFarlane. The book is The Art of Todd McFarlane. It's a great book. I mean, the man has such an incredible grasp on life, and you can read it through the pages. I mean, you can see it through his artwork. He, he's mastered life. That's why he's so successful. But the simplicity, as he explains it, is so... Like he basically said, all I'm doing is using common sense. I mean, it's right in front of you. I just showed you. That's his whole philosophy on life. Yeah, I mean, it's a great book. It's interesting. Here's another one of mine. Sorry, folks, I am He-Man biased, but I love this book. This is cool. With the um, the, the mini, mini comics collection of He-Man of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Now, this is a collection of not only the vintage, include She-Ra, mm. New Adventures, some 2000X from Val Staples Company, MV Creations. And it even includes the first three comics that came in the Classics Collection. 
So you're essentially getting the whole story of so how he man. These minis, they were like I remember getting my toys and they were they were rather small. They were mini. Um how are they presented in the book? Um they're a little bit bigger. They're okay, not so like, they're not, I mean not gonna, it's a it's an oversized book, it's hardcover. Right. And I'm not gonna like strain my eyes reading needing binoculars to look at the words because my vision's going. Okay. Well, Maybe with the classics one, because I kind of felt that way too, but it's a little bit bigger than the actual mini comic, so it's legible. Did they touch up the lettering or anything like that when they did it? I think some of them were remastered, if not all of them. But yeah, they they, Val and company did a really good job. That's cool. With scanning and stuff. And it also includes my favorite, Dragon's Gift. Now, part of the reason why this particular comic is my favorite is because it's one of the comics that i learned to read with my no. mom my mom saw me flipping through it and i had a bunch of questions but like you know what does this mean what does that mean and then she sat me down and she was like all right you're gonna read this and i'm gonna show you how so, who's the um can you bring that picture back up uh the 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 one that you learned to read with who's the dragon that's a dragon right in the background grandmere grandmere okay right okay so Masters of the Universe mini comics guide has all the greats. I mean, you'd be surprised who worked on these mini comics. People like Bruce Tim, Mark Texera, Stan Sakai, and also up a little bit of uh, update Scott Knightlick and Larry F. Houston. I mean, Bruce this Tim. Is where, oh. Yeah, this is where he got his start. Did he write them or, or draw? He drew them. Really? Yep. I like his art style. Stan Sakai from Usagi Ujimbo did the lettering. I think and he lettered grew or letters grew. Oh, okay. I think. And then you may recognize Mark Teixeira mm-hmm. as a mo- huge Marvel artist. He did my favorite run on Ghost Rider in the 90s. So, yeah, that's where most of them got their start. Mm. Now, a little bit more modern, if I may. Toys That Time Forgot, Volumes 1 and 2. If you love toys... You're going to love these books, hands down. Blake just went out, found all these dead companies and their ideas for products and toy lines that never made it to fruition for one reason or another. I liked when he was on a show a couple of weeks ago and he's like, I had this idea and I went up to all the toy companies and I said, talk me out of doing this. Right. And I I like that he said that, like, talk me out of doing it. (laughs) Because, like, it's almost like he knew he was going to. But like, yeah, he wanted know. to challenge himself. Stop. Yeah, that, that, that's a challenge. I mean, I would, I would not know where to begin. I love researching things. I, I wouldn't know where to begin with that. But I love. That's like me coming up to you and be like, Tommy, talk me out of doing Rock Tier Radio. You know, like because you can't know, like, do it. You, you can, and it's almost just like you're looking for the validation that why you should be doing it from somebody. So it was a great, great little thing when he told us. I, I don't like know fun. if it was validation or more. Or more, he saw it as, do you think I'm wasting my time? Or maybe it is a validation. Yeah, but I, I think... It was kind of like a challenge. He's like, do you, is this something, if I put my effort into it, or is somebody like you going, going to enjoy it? So. I think if you, if you like something, so say, Tom, say you wrote a book about Hemet, and whatever it is, um, I think that if you like something... There's going to be somebody else there who likes it as just as much and would want to read it. Or you, you know, hope. You, yeah, yeah, you hope. I'm sorry, I'm checking the camera. But I, I, I honestly think that. I think that 
you know, they, they say write what you know. So, okay. One of the things you know about is He-Man. And if you're going to write something, there's going to be people who like He-Man who get it. I have a friend who um, is big into wrestling. And uh, he volunteers at a bookstore where they have a lot of, or at the moment, they did have a lot of celebrities come for signings. And he met a lot of people and a lot of wrestlers. And I was like, you really need to write a book about this. And, and he, he was like, I don't know. I was like, no, it's really interesting. And he, and he told me a few of the stories. I was like, I don't even like wrestling. And I would read that book because your stories are really interesting about these people. And it makes you see it, uh, you know, in a whole different light. So I was like, yeah, I think you should be writing this book. That's it. And then here's a fun book that I highly recommend for every Turtles fan. Not Red Plastic. We'll get to you in a minute. But the yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Ultimate Visual History by Andrew Fart Firebell. Now, this comes with um, a reprint of issue one, right? That was, I believe, kind of updated by Peter Laird. Laird, if I remember correctly. I have this book as well. Um, one of the things that has in it, I wish it had more. It has one ep one piece of the Ninja Turtles comic strip from the newspaper. And I wish somebody would put a book out of all those turtle newspaper strips. Cause that would be like right up there next to my collection of Calvin and Hobbes comics, comic strips. Um, yeah. One of the things I love about this book, it does what it says it will do. It goes throughout the whole history up to and including Nickelodeon's purchase of the turtles. The only thing I will say is that a lot of books that claim to be the ultimate visual is mostly little blurbs and a lot of like replicate replicas of things you can like, you know, that are stuck to the page and you can take out and open. But this book is a very well written history of the turtles. So it's more than just visual. It's um, it's also a good tome of knowledge about the turtles. So this is um, a definite book. If you're a turtle fan, you want this book. Definitely. And I'm also going to interject with this book right here. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't say enough about The Last Ronin. That's funny. I was just thinking about that this week. Um about when this is done and collected as a trade, I think if you, out of all the, like, um, I've been buying the IDW Ultimate Collections, which is an excellent way to read the current Turtles comic. And it took me a while. I mean, I had to go through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IDW. But, like, this past, well, last year, it's just an excellent series. And if you're going to have any kind of turtle book to own for your future, whether it be the original Mirage books uh, as a trade, the IDWs, um, the one that you have to have is this, The Last Ronin. I, I think this is the one trade that, like, I would, even if I sold my books later on, I would want this one to keep, just to go back and read every so often. Definitely. Kevin yeah. Eastman's a part of it. Oh, I mean, the, it's an idea from Peter Laird and Eastman. I mean, it, if you're a fan of the Mirage books, it will take you back. And if that's what you've been missing in from your turtle collection or even your fan turtle fan life. This book will bring you back. I mean, and, it's it's and, practically a tearjerker. Yeah. And with two, every uh, page. two issues in, um, one's better than the other. 
you know, perfectly executed. You know what's funny that you said that? I was listening to um, Turtle Tales, great po- turtle podcast, and someone from his panel also said that he loved issue two more than one. Yeah, I think because, for me at least, issue one's a setup. It's very much you know, the futuristic kind of Blade Runner, Blade, sorry, Blade Runner, New Jersey coming up, Blade Runner type story. And now you're getting into the meat to the heart of it. And I, I, what I'm hoping is that each book builds off the last until like the ultimate. And, and one of the things I found in books or movies, um, like Return, like Star Wars, for instance, the, the third one that the wrap up is always sort of a dis—not a disappointment, but maybe it's a disappointment because it's over, and you know, because you've been enjoying it so much. Uh, and uh, even with but like a, a series of books that's like, you know, four or the Harry Potter books, you know, um, there's a, like seven Harry Potter books. And the seventh book is great, but it, it just, you know, at, when you get to the end, you're just like, uh, so um, that's why I go back to book one. So start gotcha. all over again. <laughs> and yeah, and you know what? I believe I was mistaken. This is only a five issue miniseries. Plus five? Yeah. So I can't wait for the director's cut, which is coming out in March this month. I hope the stuff that goes in the director's cut is somehow involved in the trade, whether they do a director's cut trade or just as like a bonus feature. Right. right. And you know what? I know there's like a ton of covers, but I kind of hope all those covers are in the book, but that'll increase the page count, which will increase the price. But it's kind of like a catch 22. Like you want to see it all, but there's only so much. Yeah. So here's a book that will break your heart. If you're trying to break into creating action figures or working for Hasbro or Mattel or pretty much anyone, The Real Toy Story by Eric Clark. Now, I'm saying now again, this book will destroy you if you have any hopes and dreams. This book just tells about stories like Kenner. Like, uh, what else? What, what, what kind of stories? Why would it destroy you? Your dreams? Well, what, what, why is it? This is this book is reality incarnate. Is it, it that it, it's not like um, it'll it'll show you the rise and fall of toy companies? Really, and it uh, talks yeah. about the you know the death of Kenner. It talks about you know how how rough the competition yeah. is. Is it like? backstabbing within the industry kind of thing. everything i mean okay everything it's and you would think it just like with comics you wouldn't think it'd be this harsh but you just know, like any any business corporate business it is the, exactly it's all about the money and it's the all about money so one day when they write the book about toy lines it's all going to be good stuff yeah yeah if we ever get that far <laughs> But, so uh, this book sounds like a heartbreaker, but sounds it's yeah. realistic. It's, the, this well, is the this is the book that you have to give to your kid and and say if you want to if you think you know what the world is like here read this and then come back. Wow, wow. I mean, it's, well, you know what it is. It's a twenty two billion dollar industry, at least when this book was written, and everybody just wants that piece of the pie you know everybody wants to create the next he-man everybody wants to create the next star wars elmo uh, yeah 
Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, it really, it, believe it or not, it mostly talks about children's toys like the Elmos and and the Grogu's that are out there. You know, very little about action figures, but I'm sure it's just like that. Well, and, and the thing is, like, you remember, like, when Tickle Me Elmo came out? We're just kind of dating ourselves here, but that thing was gigantic when it came out. Huge. It, it was huge, and it was just like lightning in a bottle in a way. Like, Elmo, yes, he was a popular character, but who thought this toy would become... And it's like the Cabbage Patch things. I mean, those things are ugly, and yet people were fighting in stores for them. Yeah. Like, it's madness. Yeah, so people had to get that Cabbage Patch. Yeah. A little Xavier Roberts on its butt. Yeah, he made a fortune. I mean... And you know what's funny? They're trying to relaunch them again. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know, but I, I do like how Cabbage Patch spawned Garbage Pail Kids. I would yes. say. I do like that version better. So there you go. Everything and, has and, a purpose. Yes. We needed Cabbage Patch to give us Garbage Pail Kids. And you know how hard it was to find a card with my name on it? <laughs> it was like impossible. It was like every season, like, come on. But I, uh, um, There's a gentleman. He's on Twitter. I forget his his name but he's been doing garbage fail kids out of uh he-man figures that's interesting yeah yeah I, yeah I'll, I'll have to put him up if that's interesting too. yeah that now, isn't nice there, you. there's a star wars book you wanted to mention uh steven sansweet uh oh, star wars from concept to screen to collectible this is the first book he wrote it came out in 92 to 93 i was a senior in high school originally I remember my buddy Rich, our buddy Rich, getting the hardcover off of QVC. I got mine as a soft cover from Walden Books. Um, for anybody who remembers that bookstore, and the book covers the history of Star Wars from Lucas creating the idea um, and getting it to the screen, and then the history of the toys. And this was a great read. I, I still remember. Sitting on the, uh, you know, my parents' couch, reading it, and I still go back to it so often. And that, at the time, I was a um, big Star Wars collector back in, in like my senior year of high school. So Star Wars has hadn't come back yet, and I remember looking at this and thinking, like, these things are so cool. These collectibles are so cool. I want this and I want that. And it posters from different countries and um, nice little write-ups and factoids. It, it's an excellent book. I don't know if it's in print. You might have to buy a used copy. It's well worth your money as a Star Wars fan or um, a toy collector. Uh, just just love it. To the, like I said, to this day, I, I still take it out every so often just to flip through. So, yeah, good book. Awesome. Well, folks, that's our reading list. You can find yes. all these books on Amazon.com. Probably most of them on Kindle now. So let's get to some news. Yes. News. So I know the first one I've been bursting to talk to you about. Doesn't there he is. Yeah. Oh, uh, I I'm gonna start off, Tommy. I'm, I know you're the human person That's on the fine. show, but please uh, do. I'm a casual fan, but this thing is epic. This thing is I love this this statue. This I have, thing is the Tweeterhead Skeletor. Now I have a lot of pros. I have one concern, and then I have one I don't like. I'm going to just start off with the great stuff. This is how I want Skeletor to look. This is how I imagine him looking in a live action movie. 
I love this texture of the skull. You got this great, you got the jawbone, you got the teeth, the, the nose, the eyes. I would love good cape. Oh yeah. Hood. We're getting to that. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to see this glow in the dark. I would love to see the eyes glow. I love that leather look to him. Um, the little, uh, the bones cross for the logo dudes built like a mofo. Um, now the cloak comes off and you can see the shape of the skull and there's so much texture into it. It's, the hood. The hood. I'm sorry. Thank you. The hood comes off and like the design on the skull is incredible. It's beautiful. And, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off. Just if I can interject real quick, I'm not a huge fan of tweeter head on some of their bus, but they knocked it out of the park with this one. They, they knocked it out of the freaking universe. Um, now, I love that the, the hood is, I believe it's posable, they said. And the and if it's not, don't quote me, I'm posable. But this hood is beautiful. It Just the way it covers, cloaks around him. And it looks like this nice, soft fabric. It looks awesome. And here's the best thing about it. The hood, when it goes into the, to the uh, cloak, it doesn't stop short of his where his shoulders would be. It goes to the end of the bust. And I think that sells this all the more. That the, the the cape is that long. Otherwise, it would look ridiculous. But I love the fact that it goes that long. My concern is you would want this in a glass case because I'm thinking how the dust is going to collect on the fabric, in which case you're going to need a uh, like one of those mask and tape dispensers to get your lint off your clothes. Mm. So, you know, you I wouldn't want dust to ruin the fabric. And then I would love to see... I think this works well for, for Skeletor. I think people would look kind of freakish if they did one like this. But I would love to see one for like, not every villain, but like Beastman, Trapjaw, maybe Hordak. My only concern that I don't like about this is the price. Um, Hit it now, with them. It's $1,099.99. How crazy now, is that? It's crazy. Now, I don't know if... But it might be worth it though. Well, here's the thing. So I've been thinking about this a lot. I don't know if toys are becoming, and it's a it's a good and a not good. Like you know, some people can't afford that. Most people can't afford that, but that doesn't mean not make it. Go ahead and make it, and if you can buy it, good for you. No, there's no shame in it. Um, and I guess that's what's good about um, Haslabs and doing like the Razor Crest, in that they're gonna make it, and they're only gonna make so much if they get the pledge in a way to do so. So toy collecting has kind of found different budget realms. However, I would love for them to make um, a mini-sized version of that, of that Skeletor. I, my, I know my brother would love it. So we used to play He-Man, and he would always be Skeletor, right? just like skeletons. And I always like to be the, the hero anyway. I have to send him a picture of that because he'll probably freak out. It's just a beautiful-looking thing. Um, so, yeah, if they made, like, a smaller version, I, I can – that was – more affordable. More affordable. I, I can totally see see that um, on a shelf somewhere. It's a really nice piece of and work. And check this out. 28 inches. Uh, well, yeah. It's like life-size, I guess. It's just... The box it's huge. Is, yeah, the box has got to be huge when they ship it. Uh, or that it comes in. But it is a really nice, nice thing. Statue. Definitely. Yeah. So this just in from Comic-Con... It, they have announced that San Diego will be canceled. 
However, it will be virtual July 23rd through the 25th. However, a smaller in-person event will take place this November. Now, do you th- say, so let's talk about a year from now. Pandemic's kind of under control. Everybody's vaccinated. Conventions maybe go back into full start. The, do you think the virtual end will drop or will this, will it continue? I don't think it may continue depending on, you know, uh, like panels, but you have to understand this is a big money maker for uh, Comic-Con. Oh, I think the panel, um, um, the computer aspect of it, of people from home watching, it might be good for certain things at, from like, say for Toy Fair. Right. So say certain reveals. Well, um, see that I, I disagree with. Yeah. You could do a virtual Toy Fair, but let's think about it. When you, Go to Toy Fair. It's an event. Oh, I love going. It's something we all love. And part of that is getting to see firsthand what the action figures or what the toys look like. But you don't, you can't get that same experience. Oh, no. But do you you think over a screen? Do you think they would do something? uh, A toy company would do like a little mini presentation or recap, maybe at the end of this end of Toy Fair. Yeah, well, um, that's what we're experiencing now. I mean, we just yeah. got the invite the other day for a Toy Fair event. For, and it's all virtual. Yeah, was that for the May show? No, it's... Uh, I mean, oh, wait, Toy Fair would have been last month. I'll t- yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah I miss Toy Fair. So, yeah, I mean, I am curious to see, like, if November... Like, even with PowerCon, Val is, you know, gung-ho that it will happen in September. Well, and I hope it does, to be honest with you. If they're shooting for November, that's a good sign in a way that, you know, PowerCon is on the right track. Yeah, things are getting back to, well, things are starting to yeah. resume. So, I mean, you know, places in uh, California, like Disneyland, will eventually be opening movie theater. Uh, I think movie theaters, but places in California are starting to open finally. So, you know. But Mickey does also have some bad news. Disney uh, stores are closing. Uh, yeah, not all. Twenty um, percent, which means in the U.S., uh, I believe it was three hundred Disney stores in the United States will be closing. Okay. Um, no locations given at the moment. They're going to be focusing on their online retail, and this is what bugs me. Um, so you're going to close three hundred stores throughout countrywide. Now, the some targets have a Disney-like store inside them, which I haven't seen. I guess maybe they're in Super Targets, but I haven't seen one in Jersey. Uh, those will not be affected. So why are you firing people who are obviously fans who want to work for the company just and, and, and keeping those? Why not reverse it first? I know online sales have picked up a lot because of you know the whole – COVID lockdown and all that nonsense. Not nonsense, but because of. But people love going into the Disney store. It's sometimes for people, it's the only way they can get to a Disney park is by going into the store. It's not the same thing, of course. But when that's the closest you can get and that's what you love, you know, that that's a big thing to to lose. Um that's just my two cents on it. I still miss the Warner Brothers store. You know, I, I wish they never closed. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know why they closed. I think they were foolish. I think 
they they should have just lessened their numbers, well, which is what Disney's doing. But I, I, I think they closed way too early. But again, I don't know anything. So, Well, I'm sure once the parks start coming back up, maybe we'll get some of those stores back. It would be incredible to see a Warner Brothers store come back. You know, you got the new um, Space Jam coming out. So maybe, who knows? Who knows if, I mean, it's going to take more than Space Jam to bring back a Bugs Bunny store. So, Mr. Rocketeer Radio. Yes. Oh, my Lord. This is beautiful. Mego is making an eight-inch figure, 14 points of articulation based off of the movie version of the Rocketeer. Uh, anybody who knows Mego knows what you're getting. And... I, I cannot wait for this toy. I want two. I want one to keep closed. I want one to open. I love the look of the jacket, the rocket, um, the helmet. It's just, this is just beautiful. Um, I don't even know. I can't even describe how beautiful this is. And it was like out of left field for me. I, I just like found out within the past week. I was like, wait a minute. You know, I'm supposed to know this stuff. <laughs> Why don't I know this? And, you know, so it's based off the movie version, obviously. Um, and I, I think this is going to fly for any Rocketeer or, you know, Finhead or anybody who casually enjoys the movie or for a Mego collector. Now, why does it say 17 and up? Why can't kids play with this? Uh, I don't know. That, do, that doesn't make any sense to me, uh, actually. I don't know. Um, is that a Mego thing? I have no idea. I don't think so. I mean, I mean, Migos were for children back in our day well yeah i, I my brother still has his spider-man i remember having a planet of the apes one um they essentially they were dolls for boys right you really think about it um before action figures came along but uh, i wish you would get the 112 treatment that's what i really want to see yeah i mean this is really nice looking for a couple of heads different yeah hands i mean like the coat looks great you know, for, for, for your price point, the rocket looks good. It looks a little small, but it looks, you know, it looks, the pants kind of got the color of the jod Percy wear. So it's, I'm all for it. I think it's great. I think anything rocketeer is really good. You know, that, that they're, they're kind of keep it. It's still around. Um, so yeah, this is the age thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just, I was just curious. I I'm curious too that you pointed out. I'm trying to think of the other ones that I've seen in the stores if they say that or not. I mean, no, no store is going to stop you from buying it. They want your money. So, but yes. So the Four Horsemen has just announced pre-orders for their Mythic Legion Wave Four All Stars, and it will include Ver Vitus, excuse me, Tibius, Sir Owain, like the armor. Yeah, I, I actually have this one. And Scaphoid. Now, along with those all-stars, it will also include homage figures from Motu. Hmm. Now, Must be. Bry... Bry, Bry yeah. It's like a, sounds like some kind oh. of um, antibiotic. Yeah. Hold it on, almost looks me, like... Mo like let me get it out real quick. Bryophytus. So it kind of looks like Mossman a little, but I guess... Oh, it's the, an homage. The it, flocking. It yeah. I really like his... his um. Oh, I love the alternate head. head. I was about to say yeah. I really like the head. I like the fangs coming out, mm -hmm. kind of like an ogre, and the ears. And I like um, the 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 gauntlets on his wrists. Uh, it's a really nice looking toy. Now, just so everybody's clear, these figures will be at PowerCon. However, you are not guaranteed to get one. These sell out quick. The only way to guarantee is if you purchase it from the pre-order right now at StoreHorseman.com. And here uh, is. is it, 
Mephitor. Mephitor. Um, for Stinkor. Stinkor. I like the second head. That, the uh, goblin. Yeah, the goblin head. Goblin. You know, his 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 skunkish head is a little too cute for my liking. <laughs> but that goblin face, that's pretty wicked. Yeah, that's who um, he really is. Yeah, yeah. This and if you love cool. those, the four horsemen can do no wrong. Look that, at this. That thing this is, is a forest troll. That thing is, oh man, that is so Lord of the Rings. That's huge. Uh, forest troll number two, no less. Uh, the alternate head, I think, you know what is funny? I like the first head better. The first head that's on him is very brutal and scary. Very Lord of the Rings cave troll. That second head is more hobbit-like for a troll. Oh, um, okay. And I'm just going by Lord of the Rings standards and the Hobbit and Tolkien. And I think anybody who knows the books will probably go along. But this is a really nice, detailed-looking troll. This is like, you know, something hiding under the bridge, under your bed, you know. About to get wacky with that club. Yeah, nice. this thing is just – look at the fur. Um, this is is fantasy at its finest. And he's got a scar over his eye. Uh, it's just like – it's beautiful. Yeah. An ugly, beautiful thing. Yeah, I would love to see this. We needed more of this in classics, I thought. Yeah, see this. I mean, we had the Shadow Beast, which was pretty cool, and I get it, but we need we needed something like this, you know. Yeah, and even though uh, I guess those are like horns coming out of his head. Ah, that's awesome. And it's yeah, it's just like you can't get any cooler unless this thing was like walking in the house. They're up for pre-order right now. Store horsemen, grab them while you can. Dude. Yeah, especially this guy. These are going fast. So Hasbro Legend, Hasbro Pulse has announced Marvel Legends Red Guardian and the new Black Widow, uh, Melania Vostokov. Oh, man, I'm butchering stuff today. And it's a book episode. People are thinking I'm illiterate. <laughs> Literally, yeah. You can't read. So uh, the two-pack, based on the characters from the Black Widow movie, will be $40.00. And will be released in July. Now, here's one of the cool things about Red Guardian. He actually comes with a Red Guardian action figure. Oh, okay. How cool that is, is that? Yeah. And you know what's funny? That really looks like David Harbour. It does. Even yeah. with the mask on. The sculpt really, really is good on this. I guy. think I think the red masked one looks better than the other one. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's awesome for him to have your own action figure. Well, he already has one from from Stranger Things, but very cool looking. And from the Black Series, from Star Wars Black Series, the gaming greats. He's cool looking. Imperial Rocket Trooper from Star Wars Battlefront. Coming this summer, fully articulated with a blaster, $24.99. Yeah. Although, I, yeah, I guess, I mean, I like the regular Stormtroopers. He's a Stormtrooper with some hoses to a tank, basically. Exactly. But he is cool looking. You know, it's... And there's different types of Stormtrooper armor, especially when the movies came out when we were kids. You know, the, the Hoth Trooper, the 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 Endor speeder bike troopers. I always thought they were really cool looking. Yeah, so um, but it's you know, it's still cool looking. It's traditional, yet a little bit um, different. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Hasbro Pulse now has a section where you can order five percent of store exclusives inventory. So if you can't get to a Target or a Walmart just or even a Walgreens for that what just came out. Um the Novacore Nova is going to be a Walgreens exclusive. Mm -hmm. So now you can purchase it from Hasbro Pulse. But 
just like everything else on Hasbro Pulse, it's going to go fast. I mean, it's only 5% of inventory. But it's nice to see that they're actually trying to do something. Yeah. So, Ian, do you like Transformers? No. Not at all? Not at all. Then this will not interest you, my friend. This is the actual movie-used Optimus Prime in vehicle mode. I believe it's a Peterbilt, isn't it? It's an 87 Freightliner. Freightliner, okay, yeah. Yep. I do see the logo. It is up for sale for 21000 but the owner is willing to take offers. Wait a second. Is that including the trailer? Yes. 21000 Yeah, well, it's an 87. But doesn't it sound kind of low for a screen-used vehicle? You know what? This would be great for conventions as like a, a show item. Yeah. But it, it is a little roughed up. The grill's damaged, and I believe it could use another... Once paint over job. with paint, yeah, 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 and I'm sure the looks like a dual cab, so you can sleep in it. My uncle used to own a a truck yard, and whenever we'd go visit, we used to go play in the trucks. Nice, um, yeah, it was it was so cool. Um, but yeah, twenty one thousand is like, that's like buying a new car. So yeah. I, I was just yeah. kind of shocked about the trailer coming with it. <laughs> now, if it's full of toys, then you're getting a real bargain. You know, it'd be awesome if and if you know. He would put like the Autobot decal on it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I guess that's something that the, a buyer can do too, though. Actually, there's a trailer in Canada for Toys R Us that actually has that symbol painted. Oh, on really? It. Yeah. <laughs> so we all know about Revelations, the Kevin Smith He Man show will be released in the summer, but the all new He Man and the Masters of the Universe show for kids will premiere in the fall, shortly after the Kevin Smith. Film. See, that's good. No, no, no crossover at the same time, you know? Yeah. Well, I, the Kevin Smith one is probably more for adults, you know, probably. probably more violent and stuff. And, you know, maybe not a hundred percent appropriate for children, but you, you're going to check out the kids one. I'm sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's like when I watch Disney juniors rocketeer, I mean, I'm just, you're going to watch it as a fan at least once through. So you can give it like a, a people of return your um, episode. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll be bad. Uh, that's just my hint. I think, I think, I think it's going to be updated for today's youth. So that's there true. may be there may be some things. I mean, Shira, I I enjoyed. It was okay, but, and I hate using this term. It wasn't my Shira. I I understood it. I get it. You know, I I. I just had some critiques, you know, I didn't yeah. like how the Hordak storyline was interesting, but it wasn't, it wasn't for me. And that's, you know, that's, that's okay for, you know, right. and I, I think that's an honest review compared to how others might say, you know, I, I, so I think, I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it was very mixed in the community. I would, I think but I would, that's understandable. I'm going to watch Kevin Smith um, and I'll probably give this one a go. Like I said, casual fan, so um, I don't get as invested, but I, I do want to, you know, see it so I have I can understand what you're talking about at times. <laughs> so, so Loot Crate from Nega, if you purchase all four crates, turtle crates, you'll get humaniform Scrag, and they've also released a picture of Scrag transformed. Well, so I like you can swap out the heads. And, I like and, that. I like the head swap. And here is a. A better picture, if you will, of Armageddon. Did I say that right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Armageddon. Why does it say arcade? 
This is from the Loot Crate Turtles arcade. So oh, okay. he was a character from the actual video game. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So if you get all four, you get Human Scrag, or you can buy them individually and get Danny, uh, a Shredder figure, and the Dark Turtle, which is Donatello in a Batman suit. I just like how, he, how his name is Scrag. It's like such an odd. I, when I saw that, I was like, "What the hell, Scrag?" I, I didn't know the, the character, but uh, I like the uh, I like that name. That's gonna be my, my new nickname. So nice. So coming very soon, less than ten days now. We're getting Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. You gotta watch it. Oh yeah, all four hours. I can't wait. Four hours. Although. This is just a rumor, and I, it's a rumor I really don't like. It may end on a cliffhanger, but if I'm going to invest four hours, I'm going to be upset if it ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah, that'd be one hell of a cliffhanger. But Ian, where are the toys? I don't know. Well, Big Daddy Todd took care of that. <laughs> so here is the Zack Snyder cut Superman from McFarland Toys. It's like after he comes from back from being dead, right? Yes. Although they gave him a cape. He didn't have the cape in the comics when he was came back at like that. Not in the black suit, right? right. I, I kind of like the cape. I think it looks nice. Yeah, yeah. And here's Dark Side. Oh, sorry, Batman. Come on. Now, this Batman actually looks really good. I, mean, I know McFarlane has a slew of them, but I'm really digging this Batman. Uh, yeah, he does look good. And I don't really care for the choice of the actor for, for Batman in this movie. Ben Affleck? Um, yeah. I, okay. I don't. I don't. He's the dude from Fashionable Mail. I don't see him in this as Batman at all. Um, but this is a cool looking toy. You know, I just recently found out about Ben Affleck. What? He was going to play Michael Knight's son in a Knight Rider movie. TV or theater? No, theater. Could have been. You know, who knows? It might have been. That might have been good. I'm surprised they haven't done it yet. <laughs> and here's Flash. I think he looked really good. Now, like you, I don't. I have the same feelings for the actor. Yes. And this was my thoughts before he chokeslammed that lady, but yeah, allegedly. Uh, I don't, I like I the armor. I like I, the suit. I, I just don't like the cod piece. Um, I feel like it's just like, I don't know. I, I like the suit pretty much. It looks more like armor though, compared right. um, to our traditional flash flash suit, which looked like it was more of just like fabric. Maybe, now you maybe, like the, you like the fabric look then? Uh, yeah, because there's probably a reason why they, they in a the movie that it looks like this. I'm, I'm assuming right. well, right? the CW show, the first couple of seasons, that suit looked really good. Okay. Now I haven't watched that sh- series. Um, I it's did great. watch the nineties and right. I, I liked how that suit looked, although I know looking back on it now, it looks like it's all padded. Yeah. And, yeah. Heavy. He must've sweat buckets in it, but uh, I kind of go for the more traditional, but again, m- the flash I, I grew up reading was Wally West. So, but you know, he, he is pretty cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Todd's doing it again. I mean, the man can do no wrong lately. So star Trek prodigy is now going to be on paramount plus it's a children's animated show for a new generation of star Trek. Now, I believe this is the one where Captain Janeway will be on. Yeah, see, I'm not a Trek fan, so I don't really have much to say about it, but... I'm just curious, where are all their uniforms? Where's the red shirts? They're the ones who usually die. I don't even, I don't even know what, what kind of aliens these are. I thought maybe there would be like a Klingon or, you know... 
Well, I traditional aliens that you see in this throughout the show. You know but, what? I do like the rock guy. I mean, I don't know him. There's a robot person and something that looks like a gelatinous glob. <laughs> so I am curious. I think that's their names, actually. Robot guy, gelatinous glob. I'd be down with that. But <laughs> now, where are their I, uniforms? I mean, is this an origin story? or Maybe. Or maybe they're cadets and maybe they're younger than they look and they're like cadets joining or something. Oh, that's a good point. I like. I do like how um, gelatinous gelatinous glob guy, um, Triple G, has like that shiny, cloudy, sparkly look to him. Yeah, that's an interesting feature. If you you know, the coloring. So they're nicely made, though. You love puppets. I love puppets. I do. So check this Uh, out. These are. Have you heard about this? Is this um, the Zombie Fred movie? No, this is Nickelodeon's Barbarian and the Troll. It's a puppet show. Oh, I will watch this. The story follows Evan the Troll, who decides to venture out into the world of Gothmoria to become a singer. He soon meets Brendar, who is voiced by Spencer Grammer, who also does the voice of Summer on Rick and Morty. The two battle an evil demon and encounter a wacky cast of characters, and it will premiere on Nickelodeon on April 2nd. This has the Jim Henson quality to it. Yes. Wise. Now there's a movie. Um, I think it's called Frank and Zed. It's about Frankenstein and a zombie. I believe that's what it's called. And it's a zombie horror movie made out of puppets. If you're a puppet fan, I advise you, um, or I recommend whatever the word is, check it out on YouTube. It is oh, so cool. That show looks really cool. I, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah. So we were just talking about this last episode. The oh, Simpsons. Two more seasons. Huh? Two more seasons. They're up to 34. So they had, what was the number episode that they just hit? 700? 700, yeah. So they're going well past that. I really hope oh, yeah. they make they make a thousand. Oh my God, could you imagine? I, I would love to see that happen just because that's like unheard of. You know what I'd like now since they're going so far? I'd like to see my first child actually look at a, a brand new episode of the Simpsons. I was going to say, I'd like to see in, in, in the future episodes, see them like older Bart and Lisa. And that's how the right. show will be. But then again, I don't think that will work. I think that's when you need to stop. It's funny. Well, like to do the some episode. of my favorite episodes are when they're older. Yeah. But, but those that, are the, that 90s episode, that's, that's like my a, favorite one. a one-off though, when it's just like, that's what the episode's about, and it goes back to being normal. Like one of my favorite ones is when Homer's looking for his um, soulmate, and Johnny Cash is the wolf or the coyote. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's just like you know, it, there's no continuity to it really. Um, but yeah, that, God bless him for being uh, being around that long. Okay, we don't have a picture for this. I don't know where it went, but the streaming wars have officially begun, and they're just getting bigger. So Paramount Plus, the former CBS All Access, has announced a Halo show based on the video game for 2022. So are you going to watch that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll give it a try. I'll give any animated show a try. I think um, eventually it's going to come down to people are going to have to choose what streaming services they're going to want because it's going to get it's going to be like your cable package all over again. Oh, um, you know, um, I would I personally would stick with Netflix and Disney a hundred percent. I don't know what other ones I would keep. Um, Hulu is like, I'm, I'm iffy on Hulu and 
I haven't done any of the others, so I don't really know. So it's not so, really the best uh, thing. Yeah, go go ahead. Jack's Toys has announced a Sonic the Hedgehog six-inch 30th anniversary figure. Includes three sets of eyes, mouth, and hands. It will include a diorama stand. $49.99 and will be released later this month. Okay. This looks pretty cool. Jackson is always taking care of Sonic. Yeah. yeah. I've never played the game, but he's very popular. You've never played the game? I'm a Nintendo guy. It's crazy. Yeah. He's Sega. That's why I'm saying I'm a Nintendo guy. Oh, you're a Nintendo guy. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so back when you collected comics, did you ever see Battle Chasers? I think my sister had an issue. I never read it. I love this book. I, I, think, I think I remember you being a fan. I love this book. So Joe Madureira has announced Battle Chasers issue 10. Finally going to come out and will continue the adventures of Gully, Calabretto, Garrison, Nolan, and Red Monica. Okay, wait a second. This is issue 10, so there are only nine issues before this? How long has it been between issues 9 and 10? That's a that's, great question. That's, Probably, that's weird. Well, if you were a backer, see, see Joe Madureira left comics to create video games. He started oh, okay. a video game company. Okay. And, God, three years ago maybe now? Night War, or Battle Chasers Night War, was one of the games he kickstarted. Okay. So if you were a backer for the Night War, you will be the first in line to get issue 10. If you've signed up for that reward. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I I love every character in this book. I mean, Calabretto is, he's a steampunk robot. I mean, what's not to love about that? I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Is this a 90s book or, or like a 2000? He started, no, he started it with Cliffhanger. So yeah, the end of the 90s. Okay. Yeah. It, it started out as an image book under the Cliffhanger title. Or imprint, and yeah, we we've been waiting ever since. So. Wow, that's a long. That's, good things come to those who wait. Pretty much, I'm sure it'll be excellent. Now, there's a new Star Wars film in development. With, Star Trek. What did I say? Star Wars. Yeah. Did I really? I'm sorry. You really folks. did. You better. You got to edit that out. <laughs> a new Star Trek film is in development with Star Trek Discovery writer Kalinda Vasquez and J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot. Is attached to produce, so JJ is doing everything. He's doing what is it? The new date? Superman. It just came with the picture. That's not really the date. Okay, I was like, I'm trying to like think like what 2029 or I was like, when is this coming out? So they're still doing it. Okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, I want to know what happened to the Tarantino one. Don't know. He was working on it. Maybe the budget was too high or too many f bombs. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Reservoir Trek. <laughs> Pulp Trek. So that about wraps it up, folks. I just want to say thank you to Brian Salvatore for our intro-outro music. If you're inclined, please go over to hashtag collectors helping collectors. See what you can find if you're interested in stuff or help another collector out by selling them stuff. Thank you to Scott Nightlick at Spectre Creative. We are now on YouTube. And last episode, thank you so much. Please subscribe. Hit that bell. But Last episode was our biggest episode. I mean, we have over 200 views right now, and we're still going. It's just getting bigger. Nice. Join the conversation at toyspodcast at gmail.com. We are on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all your favorite podcast platforms, so please tell a friend, subscribe, 
give us a rating or do both. Please enjoy our newest podcast, Rocketeer Radio, hosted by Ian Westoff. Thank you, sir. Uh, now, we have some great things coming up with Rocketeer. We do. Uh, and I don't want to give anything away because I want to spoil it, um, but I'm really looking forward to it. Really, Two episodes in particular. Um, and while that's in the works, there will be just you know your regular episodes. Um, Tom and I are actually planning, we were discussing this, we're going to do um, a, what do you call that, Tom? A video watch? watch? We're having a watch party. For we're going to have a watch party. That's what it's called. Not a watch, you know, like, hey, what time is it? But a watch, we're going to watch the movie. Um, yeah, so look forward to that and two special episodes. Um, and thank you for everybody who does listen um, and who checks out the Insta- Instagram page. I, I honestly appreciate everybody who's who's taking the time out of their day. Um, and it's great to see so many Rocketeer fans. That just thrills me. And that, you know, as one hand to the other, please check out our Tommy's new show, People of Eternia. Um, Tommy is covering, like I said, every nook, cranny, corner, stone, um, locked door of Castle Grayskull to give you the world of Eternia. And space. And space. Right. And we have a new adventures episode, folks. And honestly, um, you couldn't have a guy who puts more effort into his show. There it is. Um, then Tom, uh, the, the prep work he does m- makes me look pathetic. He not is, at all. I just wish is, I could talk on a microphone. <laughs> he, he's very dedicated to the show. Um, as he is to this one. So if you, you know, he man fans alike, or even casual fans who want to learn something, check it out. Give it a listen. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you. So if you're interested in seeing what we're talking about, log on to www.toy-lines.com for all the latest toy reviews. I have two special reviews to do this week. I can't wait to launch them. One is from Mezco and the other from McFarland. So tune into that. Follow us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, at Toy Lines, Facebook at Toy Lines or Toy Shelf Magazine. I'm Tom Romero. And I am Ian Westhoff. Play with your toys and read, read a, book. a book. Oh, speaking of which, I'm going to do this just because he was so nice to us. Speaking of reading a book, don't forget to pick up the toys of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. You can log on to thepower-con.com and order not only the toys, but you can order part two of the character guide to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And we're coming down to the nitty-gritty, folks. These are the last couple of days where you can order from Big Bad Toy Store Action Figure Adventure from our friend Rob McCallum and his friend Jay Bartlett. They're doing great work for charity and tons of information on toys. So check those boys out. Best of both worlds. Tons of information and helping out a good cause. Amen. Play with your toys. Read a book. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Did you watch the X-Men cartoon as a kid? Did you buy Spider-Man number one the day it came out? Did you collect superhero trading cards and action figures? Then have we got the podcast for you. That's right. It's... 
Wizards, the podcast guide to comics, the exciting show where Adam, that's me, and Michael, that's me, will take you through the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine, one issue at a time. We have so much fun reliving that crazy time of chromium covers and speculative comic book buying. Plus, we get to see where this whole hubbub about superhero movies really began. So, we invite you to join us every other week on the Retro Network podcast feed. We can't wait to go back in time and uh, flip through those comic books you used to read. So, we'll see you then. And until next time, keep your books bagged and boarded. Hi, I'm Marvelous Joe. And I'm his twin brother, Johnny DC. And together, we host the Dynamic Duel Podcast, a weekly show where we debate who has the superior characters between Marvel and DC, which we help prove through stat-based simulations of battles between your favorite Marvel and DC characters. We also review the latest Marvel and DC films to hit theaters. We'd love to have you come listen as we have a blast every Tuesday. Check out Dynamic Duel at dynamicduel.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.